Happy snow day from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Mark is not getting a snow day. I would say, okay, at the beginning of the week, I was jealous of Mark because it was cold and gloomy and he's at the beach and he sent me a photo of him drinking his coffee on the beach and I was in my house and it was cold and dark and I was drinking a protein shake, like everything was wrong. (laughs) And then now Mark is at the beach and we have, I mean, I think there are like probably three inches of snow in my front yard. So, so, yeah, I'm so mixed. I'm kind of jealous, but it's also it's right now it's 66 and it's like windy on the beach and it feels beautiful. So it's like I, I kind of have these mixed feelings, but I miss snow and I love it, especially it was always fun because like snow is the greatest as long as you don't have to drive in it. That was yeah. always the biggest problem. And when you lived in like when I lived in DC and stuff, like you'd have three or four inches of snow and you'd still have to drive to work. I'm like, that's awful. I hate that. I could never do it. I'm actually in a rental car right now. I got in a wreck right before Christmas and I'm in a rental car right now and it's a Jeep and it has a snow setting. So if worse comes to worse. I've parked my car right on the edge of our driveway so I can get out on the road. But that is only if some either me or my roommate are like bleeding from the head or having a heart attack. Otherwise, we are staying in this house. Or really want McDonald's. Or really want Taco Bell, Mark. Only Taco Bell would motivate me to get out in that. Um, so speaking of driving, we have got a W on our pork report already, and it's been less than a month. Um, one of the things in our pork report, which was actually the most beautiful vi- photo that Lauren took of the ham, the yeah. emissions smoked ham, the Nashville emissions test smoked ham. Um, as of, I think it's February 4th, there will no longer be emissions testing requirements to get your car tags in Nashville. That is so exciting. I'm thrilled. And I will say it's not, uh, so yeah. And so if you don't remember the, the post, basically what happened was the state said, you don't need to do emissions tests anymore. We talked to the EPA, the EPA said it essentially does nothing for the environment. So you don't need to do emissions testing. And every other county in the state said, okay, we're not doing it except for Nashville and David County, which voted to keep doing it. Um, So we put that in our pork report because it's just clearly a money grab. It has nothing to do with the environment. It's just kind of the fake environmentalism pretending because they just want to use it as their, as their slush fund. Um, So what happened was it actually passed unanimously last night to get rid of it. And I will say, I don't think the pork report necessarily is what, uh, the impetus to get rid of it, but it, it no. made it go a lot quicker because they voted for this and they were supposed to have a vote on this before the pork report came out. They didn't have the votes, I guess, at that point. So the pork report, I think, really did help to push it over the finish line, though. I really do think they took a lot of heat for this because they can't defend it. Listen, whether or not we are responsible for wins that come out of the pork report, we are happy that oh. what useless government money, is, like useless government spending is coming to a stop. Like we are. And, and I think we may be the most, I mean, I think that it's something that was discussed before this, but I really do think the pork report pushed this over the finish line. When you have a really close to 50, 50, you know, uh, council. And then you, it was unanimous. I feel like they took so much heat on this. And when you can't, I feel like even a lot of our, our, entries that are like we disagree like you you can defend it a little bit but i feel like the emissions testing and the mnps contract were two things that they can't even defend they're like well um i mean the whole mnps one it's like oh our our hearts in the right place like what how is that how is that a defense Uh, like what if i were what if i were to spend what if i were to max out every credit card i have and then look at the credit card company and say but my heart was in the right place like that would not fly that's essentially what the school board did. That's, if you look at the article, that's essentially exactly what they did. And like, well, look, it was well-intentioned. It's like, how is that? How is that an excuse? Just because you weren't, you know, actively committing fraud doesn't mean that it's a, it's a good use of money. The credit card company is not going to boot me on the nose and say, it's okay. Like that's okay. exactly what we're not going to do about this MVS contract. 
correct. And, and I feel like, honestly, no, you couldn't get a council person. And again, these people voted for this. You couldn't get somebody to defend it. And I feel like it, it, it came to a head. And yeah, I would say it was discussed before the pork report came out. But I really do think the pork report pushed this over the line because they were probably tired of taking bad press on this. I am here for it. Um, I actually, my tags have been expired for a long time and I've not gotten them renewed out of principle of not wanting to get an emissions test. So I guess it's time to get those car tags renewed. So if the police are listening, you can arrest somebody. You can give somebody a ticket right now for not having their tags. Currently a $25 fine. I've done it before, but, but I know it's, it's a waste, but I just, I knew that it was close. I knew that it was close. I had heard the rumblings of it and now I'm going to get my car tags renewed. Also not a legal, like that is not a legally binding excuse. Just you where you will still get a $25 gift, a $25 ticket. That's true. But you know what? I stand, I stand by what I did. Um, So let's talk about school choice for a second, because I feel like this is a topic that never gets old. You know, one of the things, and we said it in our last email of the month in December, we hope for the days that Beacon becomes useless. We would love for our own jobs to be obsolete. That's that's what we're working for, is for us to not have jobs. Unfortunately, we're nowhere close to that. And so um, until we see freedom in Tennessee and across the country, we're still here and we're still going to be talking about school choice until we have school choice. And I think that now is as good a time as any to be talking about that because it's just becoming so clear that we we have to do something to stop these absolutely ridiculous, insane things that um, public school systems are putting in place because often they're at the mercy of the teachers unions. Justin actually wrote a blog post about this the other day that that just showed in Chicago what the union did when they voted just this week to stop in-person school. And then Chicago public school said, okay, you can not come to school, but you're also not going to get paid. And I think that we're seeing this, the, even the public school entities themselves are starting to respond to the crazy demands that the unions force the schools into. Um, they're starting to respond to it in a way of like, this is not going to fly for us. It's not going to work for us. And for so many parents across Tennessee and across the United States, it's not been able to, they've, they haven't been working with, this hasn't been working for them for a really long time. And I think that the only way we're going to give some accountability is through school choice and letting parents do what they want to do. And the pandemic has highlighted that for all the bad that the pandemic has done. One of the good things it's done is shown parents like, this is actually what's going on. And this is who's in charge of your schools, not the teachers, not the administrators, the unions. Yeah, when we talk about how public opinion changes, this is one of the, these issues where it has changed drastically, where if you looked, you know, about a year and a half ago, two years ago in the pandemic, you know, people were pretty, you know, they didn't really know what was happening with COVID. Like, yeah, we understand why you want to go remote at least for a little bit until we figure it out. At this point, the main um, kind of the main part of the Democratic Party is now against. I mean, Joe Biden's called out the, the, the Chicago's teachers union. Lori Lightfoot, the, the mayor of Chicago, has said that they're not going to pay them. So this is the mainstream, honestly, Democratic position is now to keep the schools open. And that wasn't that for a while. And maybe, yeah, but but it's it's interesting now that they are turning on the teachers union because this is such an insane thing. And 77% of those teachers union people, um, they voted to, to go remote. And, and their demands are ridiculous. They, they have like this testing policy. And like, this is un necessary all the things you're asking for don't make any sense they don't make you any safer you just don't feel like working and every one of those people I, I feel like if you if you don't show up today i'd say you know we're fi- like and we're firing everyone i don't care we're firing everyone we're gonna have a lower threshold to get in to be a teacher you don't need to have a teaching degree that, that's how i feel you don't need to have a master's in, in education i think these people if they don't want to teach your kids don't say you know what don't 
We don't want you to teach our kids. Go get a job. Go get unemployment. No, you shouldn't even get unemployment. You didn't show up for a job. And you, if any of us did that, we would be fired. Yes, 100%. If I just decided that because... Yeah, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. If my job was to be in person, to be influencing young minds and taxpayer money was on the line for it and I didn't show up, then you, if you were my boss, you would fire me in a second. If I was your boss, I'd fire you in a second. Like that's just kind of how, that's how the world works. If you don't go to work, you don't get paid. I'm sorry, that's how the world works. Like, And you have a choice. You don't, have, nobody's forcing you to teach. You this isn't, no, nobody put you in and said, you have to teach and this is your role. Go teach some like virtual online college if you're, if you're so scared of being in person. But the truth is, if I'm being honest, these Chicago teachers union members, it's not because they're scared. It's because they're lazy and they would rather work from home. That, that's how I feel. Tell them, Mark, tell them. And the poor children that have lost, I mean, everyone is saying these kids have lost a year, two years of education because of the pandemic. Now, yes, we, we can blame the virus for 2020 at 100%. 2021, 2022, I'm sorry. There's We have things in place. We know what this is like. There's no reason that children should be losing a year of education. It's not because of the virus anymore. It's because of the laziness of the teachers in the union and um, that there's there's really no excuse for it. And so I think that a great point that Justin made in his blog post is that we can put teachers back in the driver's seat. I mean, we can put parents back in the driver's seat when we give them control. Parents aren't in the driver's seat of their children's education right now. It's the union members. They're not even, they're not even the passenger seat. They're in the trunk. Like they, they have no say in any of this. And I do want to point out one thing that this is not a when we talk about this, this is not an anti-teacher. It's not even an anti-teacher union. I mean, there is a lot of teachers unions across the country that are a lot more reasonable. This is specifically the Chicago Teachers Union. Yes. I think that there's other unions there, but I mean, there's a lot of teachers unions that want to go back. So, I mean, I think that when we talk about this, this isn't public school teachers at large. Yeah. It's more A, union bosses, and B, these, these people are in the Chicago's teachers. Because there's not many other places in the country are doing this. Chicago well, is just the example of basically how to do everything wrong. We remember should give them an example. If they're doing it, do the opposite. Remember in like LA and in Berkeley and all that, where the teachers union members and the teachers union spokesman was saying that kids should not be going to full-time school. Public school should be shut down. And then he was taking his child to a private in-person school. Yeah. Like the hypocrisy is insane. It is absolutely rampant and something has to be done about it. And so- Yeah, I do, I do love the idea that like, oh, well, we're going to work remotely tomorrow. And the Chicago school's like, no, you're not. Like, what are you talking about? You can't just decide when you want to work remotely. Like no. you're not in charge of the school. You have to understand you are a teacher. You don't get to determine how you work and where you are. And if you don't <laughs> like the rules that you signed up for, then go somewhere else. It does. It's not that hard. Imagine, imagine if I had done that in our job, Mark. You- oh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it would have lasted for five minutes because any would be like, well, okay, well then go work somewhere else where you can get that. It's an easy, an easy option. It would not have gone over well at all. I would have had to have a camera to record your response because that would have been YouTube gold. Like you would- imagine Justin, if you were like, oh, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not listening to what you say. Only the things I care about are what I'm doing. And, and you have no saying it. <laughs> Disaster. It would oh, be so man. bad. Like I'm laughing because I know I'm going to have an anxiety dream about that tonight. Like that's just how my brain works. My subconscious is going to pull it out in the middle of the night and give me a dream about it. Oh gosh, what a nightmare. Speaking of work nightmares, um, the national championship is this week and I am catching constant hell from every single person in our office because it's not even, I think it's not even that y'all want Georgia to win. It's just that y'all hate me so much because I'm an Alabama fan. I'm actually not cheering for Georgia. I'm probably slightly because I'm going to bet on Alabama. Um, 
This I'm probably crazy. slightly for Bama. I don't want either of these teams to win. And it's just the bigger issue is not that the, I mean, these teams are good. We, I understand they're probably the two best teams in the country, but like, I just can't deal with another SEC team winning. I can't deal with the talk of this conference being the best when they go five and seven in bowl games. I, I can't hear that. And that includes Alabama and Georgia. It, it's more about my, just my, my disdain for SEC fans. I don't hate Alabama. I don't hate Georgia. I do hate Alabama fans. They're worse than they're worse than most fans. I think you agree with that. No. If you were on the if you were on the other side, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying like I think you would dislike a lot of Alabama fans. Maybe as an Alabama fan, I think that Auburn fans are the most insufferable of all time. Then Georgia. Well, actually, Georgia's kind of cool. Florida. I haven't had any best. issues with Georgia fans. I feel like Georgia fans Florida, are somewhat reasonable. They don't win. Florida fans are pretty terrible. LSU fans are pretty terrible. And Kentucky fans are pretty terrible. I don't, does Kentucky have basketball or football fans? Yes, and they're so annoying. I remember we used to hate when Kentucky played at Alabama when I was in college because their fans, they had, like, nothing to be obnoxious about, and they would still be obnoxious. It's like you – Well, at least you, were, you, you respect the obnoxiousness no matter what. I feel like Alabama fans are only obnoxious because they're winning. If they started losing, they would kind of go away and stop talking. We would we would walk away with our tail between our legs. I mean, yeah. I would you at least you respect that Kentucky's like I, we don't have to be good. We're going to talk trash anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I respect that, <laughs> but I did observe it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily respect it. So, what is your uh, score prediction? Oh, God, it's so hard because it, it's you know I, I'm pretty the Vegas lines I think mean a lot. Usually, how they determine that's a good determination of who's mm-hmm. actually favored, whoever people. But like the fact that Georgia opened up as a three point favorite really surprised me after they just got just slaughtered just I mean like three weeks ago Saban's a better coach I mean I I guess Georgia has more talent but yeah I'm going with Alabama to win I'd say 24-20 okay I'm not going to make a score prediction because it will give me heartburn for the next few days until uh, four days until the game um but I but what I will say is that I know how I feel after I've lost something and when I have something to prove and I am an absolute monster. I am very scared of that capability out of Georgia because the media really hyped it up last time and then Georgia got embarrassed. I'm really afraid that they're going to come does, out with something to prove. And Does Saban do that, though? It's like we just beat this team by almost four touchdowns and we're underdogs in this game. I feel like they Alabama something to prove that That's somehow true. people still think they're better than us, even though we just beat them by four touchdowns. You know, he calls media BS. He calls it rat poison. Uh, yeah. And did you see the press conference where he was I talking did. to the media and he goes, that rat poison you fed us this week, it was really yummy. I will never forget that for the rest of my life. I thought that was just a beautiful Sabinism that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And I hope that he is able to say the same thing after uh, after the game on Monday night. And it's hard because if you watch the semifinal game, Alabama did not look that good. They looked very average. Um, Cincinnati missed a lot. Boring game of my life. I was like, yeah, Cincinnati missed a lot of opportunities. I was actually very impressed with Cincinnati defense, but Alabama's defense just shut down Cincinnati's offense. And like Georgia was awesome. Mm -hmm. And now I think that Michigan is not a great team. I don't think there's a lot of great teams this year generally. So like, I don't really have a problem with it. Like the top four in the playoffs is probably who I would have picked in in a different order, but Michigan was just completely outclassed. And it was, I mean, Georgia looked a million times better. Like Alabama didn't look a million times better. They just were clearly more talented and that took over in the end. But I mean, it was a close ish game. So I guess that's part of it, but I just every time that Alabama seems to play a trash game, they come back and play a good game next week. So like I I don't I don't get the spreads. I don't understand it all. Like I, I, yeah, I'm better with Alabama, and you know I don't do that. 
you never often. And Alabama actually has a losing record against the spread this year, but I, I think they're going to win this time. Okay, I'll take it. You know, I, one of the things I actually texted this to um, Justin and Stephanie and Suzanne last night and Holt and Kara were in the group too. I wore an outfit that I knew you would hate. Like I knew you would hate it. It was like black <laughs> satin joggers, bright green shoes. I knew you would hate it. And I sent them a picture of it. And I said, I not only buy these outfits because I like them, I buy them because I know the men in our office will hate them. And <laughs> that's how I feel about sports too. Whenever you agree with me on, whenever you say something about my outfit being, acceptable or my sports team being favored in your mind it's like I can like feel the earth shift like something is wrong and like (laughs) (laughs) and like dogs are meowing and cats are barking like something is wrong and so the fact that you are going with Alabama it kind of makes my tummy turn over a little bit it's also interesting that um you say that you want to wear stuff because the men in our office hate it it's weird you're still single I I I don't understand but when you intentionally wear stuff that men hate it's it's surprising I hate my life. I hate it. <laughs> I wish there was like an eject button. I, could just, like, I hate it. You here. brought that on yourself. <laughs> I really did. Because it wasn't it. just me. It's all the men. God, I really do hate it here. Wait, <laughs> last topic before I do, coach, like stand in the road. Um, best, geez, best snow memes. Um, mine and that's is- memories for normal people. Yes, best snow memories. Um, growing up in Alabama, we didn't have much. I have a couple. You can go first. No, no, you go first. I want, I want, I want to hear yours. Okay, so two of them. One of them is um, in Alabama. There was like like a hundred years or something crazy between the last. There was like one time, a very long time ago, that it snowed on Christmas Day, and then in 2011, I remember it snowed on Christmas Day. It was just me, my mom, my sister, and my mom's dad, my granddad. It was his last Christmas alive. And it snowed on Christmas day and literally all day, we didn't even really go outside. We just sat by the window and watched it snow. And it was just really sweet and really fun and really cold because none of us were prepared because it was kind of like it is now. It was 80 degrees before. And then all of a sudden it snowed. That was a good one. And then the, the second one is also a little bit dark, but it was actually a funny memory. So eight years ago, my dad's funeral was supposed to be on a Tuesday. Well, it just so happened that that was the famous Alabama snowpocalypse where everybody got stuck on the roads for like four days because Southerners don't know how to drive in snow. <laughs> Well, I had to go home and I was really stressed. I was in college. I was really stressed about missing classes and, and for the funeral. And I was like, I got to get back and I'm not going to be able to spend time with my family. And then it snowed and we could not go anywhere for five days. All my classes were canceled. I was at home with my family. And so ultimately it ended up being a really great thing. My sister and I played in the snow, like little kids. I was like 22, but you know, you just like need something (laughs) fun to do. It was like 22. We built snowmen. I actually put a handful of that snow in a Tupperware container in the freezer at my mom's house. And it stayed there for a few years. It was just like, it was just fun. I built like a teeny tiny little snowman and put him in a Tupperware. So that actually is probably my favorite snow day because you know in the south when you have a death in the family all the baptists bring you casseroles and so our fridge was so full of food because everybody had brought us food and it was just great we sat around and ate like casseroles and played in the snow for like six days yeah what a good time to get all those casseroles when you're stuck at home for six days and you, and you can't go and get any food it was pretty clutch honestly it was it was pretty good timing all things considered how about you I think we, I think me and you don't, uh, not surprising, but I don't think we, I love the snow. I think just as much as you, but I don't like to go. I think you like to go out and play in it. I did when I was a kid, but now I'm like, I like to do what you said. Like I like to sit by the window, watch, you know, have a hot coffee, maybe even on the, on the, on the deck and watch it. But 
I do love snow and I don't need to go somewhere. I think the in Pennsylvania growing up, we had a snowstorm. I think it was like 29 or 30 inches. Um, and the reason that it was awesome was because I don't, there's not a specific moment I remember, but I remember we didn't go to school for like seven school days. And then I went, I went, I, and I went to college in Wisconsin. So like it'd be negative 20 degrees out and have eight inches of snow. And we'd still have to go to class. So like as a kid in the, in that Pennsylvania, that huge snowstorm. It's just, I just remember just being home forever. It just felt, and it was right after Christmas. So I feel like, I don't think we ever got to, had to go back after for Christmas break. So I think it's like January 11th instead of the 4th, because it was all right after that. So I just remember that storm just being awesome. I played with my friends. I played a bunch of Madden on PlayStation. I just got into PlayStation. That yes. was a big deal for me. That's huge. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a very, and it's like, you always remember the times that you spend with your family, like playing games, drinking yes. coffee, just, just having this beautiful backdrop. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit um, nostalgic and like, and kind of missing that I'm not in snow now. So you're making me feel worse about being at the beach, which is insane. <laughs> which we didn't see that coming. Mark thought no. he was going to be able to like flex on me for the whole week. No. About being at the beach. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here and the snow has been literally just dumping since 7 a.m. I mean, I, I don't even know. I haven't been outside yet. I'm kind of scared to go outside because it is really coming down out there and I don't want to ruin the pristine front yard, but um, it's really coming down. So everybody out there, stay safe. Um, in my infinite anxiety, I ordered um, like emergency car kit supplies the other night after seeing what was happening in Virginia. I got jumper cables, a uh, battery powered, like a cigarette lighter power. Yeah, no, jumper cables are not, um, you should already have those. That so is like, not an emergency <laughs> supply. That is insane. That's just the normal thing that everyone should have. They do have them. But I got like a little like electric, like hand heater in case the car runs out of gas, like a little heater pod. I got um, a snow window scraper and some flashlights. So snow window scraper should already have that. These are, these are very, these are not emergency things. These are things that almost everyone had. What do you say next? Like, oh, I got tires. I didn't realize I needed those. A spare tire just for an emergency pack. I have a spare tire. I'm just saying I didn't have any of these things and I have a tire plugging kit, but I didn't have any of these other things. So I ordered them in my, in my never ending anxiety spiral the other night. Oh my gosh. Nashville severe weather just tweeted and said it could be six to seven inches of snow. So literally everybody stay home. Don't leave. Don't go get your nails done. Like I want to stay home and eat all of the crap that's in your pantry that you've been putting off eating because apparently we're not gonna be able to go to the grocery store and get groceries. <laughs> and, and yeah, and you know, there's gonna be any like delivery apps. I mean, this is like, I remember last year, remember when that happened to me, I didn't have any food. Like that was yes. way less than this. That was only like three inches. So I, I assume that everything's gonna be kind of shut down for at least three or four days. Yeah, we have, uh, I'm gonna be eating a bunch of crap out of my pantry because all I have is like a pound of ground beef. So that's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of soup for the next yeah. few days. <laughs> And lots of soup and goldfish. Um, Mark, have fun at the beach. And we will, uh, I'll actually be in New York next week. So we will kind of be switching. Mark will be home and I'll be back in snowy New York uh, next week. So we will see y'all for that one.